You're listening to The Main Course, where food is serious business. Listen along for insights, strategies, forecasts, and thought leadership from the front lines of food with your host, Barbara Castiglia. Hi, welcome to The Main Course. I'm Barbara Castiglia of Modern Restaurant Management. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, uh, restaurant technology and data and loyalty, all of these things that are really critical um, at this very important time right now for restaurants. And with me is uh, one of the leaders in in the industry, uh, Zach Goldstein, who's the CEO and founder of Thanks. Um, So thank you, Zach, for joining us today. so tell me how you got into all of this. Um, I know Thanks has been around since, what, 2011? So you've been doing this for more than 10 years. So what was your background that kind of led you um, into founding Thanks? Yeah, uh, great to be with you today. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity to share our story. Um, you know, I, in a past life at this point, uh, I was a consultant uh, at Bain & Company. I worked with a number of large restaurants and retailers. Uh, and there was a pretty consistent theme that I saw about a decade ago, and frankly, that I've seen uh, still uh, pervasive recently. Uh, restaurants and retailers far too focused on how do I acquire my next customer and not focused enough on uh, where their revenue is coming today and how do they maximize the potential of their existing customer. Um, that was a problem that was, uh, if you think back a decade ago, what was really being a spotlight was shined on it. This was the post-Groupon era. There were restaurants that were offering Groupons to acquire discount-seeking customers who would never return. Uh, And so I set out to build software that made it easier for brands to capture customer data, to understand where your revenue is coming from, and then to build deeper relationships with those customers. That's where the branding of thanks came from. And ultimately, that has been our mission this whole time, though loyalty has evolved greatly in the industry. So why is it you think loyalty has evolved so greatly? So for a long time, for, for, for the history of the restaurant industry, the word loyalty has meant to most operators uh, a rewards program. Buy X, get Y. And that's inspired by you know, the punch card type model that was pervasive in the industry. Um, that model is so outdated, it's so ineffective, yet there are plenty of restaurants still using it. But it also set in people's mind the wrong understanding of what loyalty means. Loyalty means maximizing customer lifetime value. Loyalty means building a relationship with your best customers that starts at knowing who those people are. Discounts can be one tool, but they can't be the only tool, or you are stuck in a rote rewards program which really is not maximizing loyalty. What has changed uh, in the last three or four years uh, and accelerated because of COVID is the way consumers are engaging with restaurants. Consumers are uh, looking for digital channels to place orders. They are increasingly dining off premises. And some portion of that revenue, quite meaningful, is going to third-party delivery. We've seen this type of disruption. In fact, I was writing about this in in the Four Horsemen of the Restaurant Apocalypse in 2019. So pre-COVID, this was happening. COVID only accelerated it. But we've seen this type of disruption in other industries, in hotels and airlines, uh, where 
third-party online travel agencies disrupt and, and take share from, from customers. Um, and the only way those brands fought back, think of it as the Marriott's or United or whatever, by having a loyalty program and encouraging consumers to book directly, or in the case of restaurants, purchase directly. A loyalty program that builds a relationship with those customers and gives them the correct incentives that are unique to your brand in order to encourage them to come direct instead of go to a third party, it, it's it's no longer a nice to have. It is absolutely mission critical. And that's why you don't see an airline without a loyalty program. You don't see a hotel chain without a loyalty program. They are, uh, they are necessary elements of your entire marketing and customer engagement strategy if you're going to compete in a world where your partner, but also your competitor, is a third-party delivery uh, company. So let's go back a little and talk specifically about thanks and exactly what you do, who you work with, and you know what is guest engagement technology? So guest engagement uh, is really about the process of talking to customers when they are not in your restaurant. And when someone's in your restaurant, now you have an operational challenge. How do you service them? How do you ensure that the food you deliver is great? How do you ensure that the lines are as short as possible, et cetera, et cetera. Guest engagement happens when someone is not in your restaurant. So you are trying to convince them to make their next purchase. You are trying to convince them to do that uh, by coming to you or by placing an online order. Uh, you are trying to remain top of mind because there are a lot of restaurants out there. And frankly, the most convenient place is to pick up your phone and order delivery through DoorDash or Uber Eats. And so at the end of the day, guest engagement requires knowing who your guest is. First and foremost, we know that targeted marketing is about six times more effective than just generic blasts. And then the second piece is using that knowledge about your guests to deliver them something that's relevant and personal and can actually change their behavior. The final piece of that is knowing when I engage with my guest, email or SMS or a push notification to an app, uh, whether that is a message or a discount or some surprise uh, status or event or the list goes on and on of ways that you can incentivize consumer behavior. Did that result in guests in that specific category of guests coming in more often, spending more money? Because otherwise, guest engagement isn't working. Email opens is not a good measure of guest engagement. Did, they, did those customers targeted spend more money? That's the only way to measure, is my marketing working? And increasingly, restaurants are moving into that uh, level of sophistication. So what are the factors that are fueling them that move into that? So uh, I'd say first and foremost, when every brand is launching or has recently launched a loyalty program and the third-party delivery companies have what is effectively a loyalty program, DoorDash's is called DashPass, and it is effectively a discount um, off of uh, your future deliveries you got to differentiate. And so everyone offering the same $5 off after 10 purchases is table stakes. That's not differentiated. We at Thanks have spent a lot of energy in the last 24 months building out a suite of what we call non-discount reward models, uh, access to hidden menus so you can get LTOs that other people can't get, invites to VIP events, tiers and status so you can make your gold or platinum customers 
get access to an entirely different set of benefits and recognition than your average customer. Swag, giveaways, sweepstakes. There's a whole world of things that other industries have been doing for decades, quite frankly. But restaurants have been stuck because of the way legacy loyalty solutions are built. Restaurants have been stuck with this buy X, get one, get Y type model. Uh, and we have really invested ahead of the curve in changing that. I think the second piece is a good loyalty program is is not only giving incentives to consumers to purchase, but it's capturing information about those customers so that the next time you talk to them, you can talk to them more personally. The weekday only customer by themselves versus the weekend with family. The customer who is uh, is ordering the healthiest part of your menu versus the customer who's actually looking to try every single thing on the menu and they vary it up, right? I could go on and on, but people are are notoriously bad at telling you what they're interested in, but they're really quite clearly stating what they're interested in with the way they spend their money. And that gives you the opportunity to then engage with them personally and deliver them the right message or the right incentive to come back to you versus go somewhere else. So what happened during the pandemic for your business? How did it kind of evolve um, and kind of change and, uh, and pivot, I guess was the word we were always using? Yeah, uh, sometimes better to be lucky than good. We raised our uh, most recent round of financing in February of 2020. Um, and boy, we could not have known that the world was going to change. But the good news is uh, that gave us a lot of stability to, to stay the course um, when COVID hit. March 2020, April 2020 uh, were uh, some wild times in the industry, as we all remember. And uh, we actually, in March and April, um, uh, allowed our customers to all delay their fees because we didn't know how many people were going were gonna to make it. Um, we saw that, you know, unfortunately, some of our smaller customers, we saw spikes in, in business closures and, and the things that were the case across the industry. But we also saw, um, because so much revenue moved off premise and because so much revenue moved to third parties, we saw that our customers who had used our digital ordering and our CRM and our loyalty tools were actually thriving in the pandemic. They were able to shift traffic from restaurant to digital channels and engage with those guests personally and lock down that direct revenue as opposed to losing it to third party. Um, we saw brands that didn't have that really struggle and uh, quite quickly, once stability came. And I'm not saying, uh, you know, even before brands got back to their full, um, you know, full performance from a revenue standpoint, we know that the industry started looking at, well, I need to upgrade my digital ordering and I need to upgrade my loyalty program. Uh, and we've been inundated uh, ever since. Um, and so that is first and foremost was brands that didn't have a loyalty program. I mean, one of the things that I talk about often, uh, there are public quotes from Chipotle and McDonald's saying that they would never have a loyalty program. Uh, they didn't need it, X, Y, Z. Uh, they both have two of the fastest growing loyalty programs ever created in the history of restaurant industry. Um, things have changed. And if McDonald's and Chipotle are out front uh, agitating for the power of a loyalty program in the restaurant industry, uh, who, who has the strength to not uh, to go against that trend? 
um, very few at the end of the day, because you cannot operate a restaurant without data these days. And a loyalty program is your fastest way to capture that, especially in QSR and fast casual. Yeah. So I guess moving forward, um, you know, what goes into um, a really robust loyalty program? So at the end of the day, a loyalty program is about understanding where your revenue comes from and maximizing the lifetime value of those customers. Lifetime value really only has three inputs. Uh, how much does the customer spend on average per visit, their average check? What is their visit frequency? Two times a month, two times a quarter, et cetera. And how long do they remain your customer before they completely churn out of your business? Uh, and in the restaurant industry, most of those things, especially frequency and uh, you know lifetime with relationship, are unknowns. They're black boxes to the average restaurant. Many restaurants can pull from their point of sale what's their average check, and they can track whether it's going up and down. Uh, few know the visit frequency of their customers or the lifetime of their customers. That is critical. And so at the core, a loyalty program helps you identify what is the lifetime value of my customers. How does it vary based on the top 10% who drive 40% of my revenue versus the bottom 40% who drive, you know, 10, 10% of my revenue. And within that top 10% of customers, they're not all the same. Uh, so how do I talk to them personally? Uh, and what we have found is loyalty has become far less about the rote rewards program and far more about the marketing automation effectively, the campaigns to deliver the right message to the right customer. And so what Thanks has done uh, above and beyond anything else in the industry is when you have a segment of customers, let's, let's say that you have a segment of VIPs who are regularly ordering um, in restaurant but have never tried you for digital ordering. There's a risk that those customers, when they think about pickup or delivery, they think about another brand. They love your food, but they think about another brand. And so that restaurant may want to run a campaign to drive trial of their great first-party digital ordering experience because now they can broaden the use cases where you think of their brand. Well, we can actually run a variety of experiments, different messages, different incentives, different promotions, and see what actually drove a step up in digital ordering from those VIPs. And then when that works, with click of a button, you can automate that so that your, uh, your customers who don't make digital purchases in the future can automatically get a campaign without a marketer having to design a brand new uh, initiative. This is critical because uh, I don't really care how large a restaurant is. Outside of about 10 brands that we could count on two hands, uh, most marketing teams at restaurants are very resource constrained, very understaffed, uh, and already have a lot of their budget spoken for. So you need tools that show very clearly what the ROI is on the campaign and are exceptionally easy to use if you're going to activate data. The historical way to, to, to do it is download data, slice and dice data, upload the segments, run the campaign, download the data again to figure out, did it work? That's just frankly too much effort for almost every marketing team in the industry, even some very large brands. Right. I mean, I love the the term you used, activate data, because I think a lot of people think of data as this kind of 
flat, you know, looking at the numbers, but activating it is really about, you know, taking those numbers and putting them into practice and making the things work. Um, you know, when you're talking about these overloaded marketing teams, you know, what what are the data points that are most critical that they should be focusing on to put the right programs in place? Great, great question. First and foremost, uh, it is absolutely critical today for restaurants to know what percentage of their revenue is attached to customers that they can identify and reach through digital chain. The, the historical norm when you were just you know, operating a, a restaurant and your customers would show up at the drive-through or in restaurant is they'd all be anonymous to you. And a loyalty program helps solve that by having customers raise their hand and say, hi, it's me. And, and you can actually un identify me each time I purchase. Digital ordering does that as well, because you have the opportunity with the digital order to identify who is the guest. And when you connect those together, you start building a 360 degree view of your customer. But the question that every marketer should ask is, well, what percentage of my customers do I have that 360 degree view for? Because if they remain anonymous, I can't talk to them. Uh, that is a metric that few brands are looking at. And we're seeing um, successful brands can get to 60, 70, 80% of their revenue is captured through known customers. Uh, that has been massively accelerated by the adoption of digital. Starbucks, for instance, was with their loyalty program where you had to get out your phone and pay with it. They were kind of stuck at 35, 40% capture for a long time. But as people started ordering through their phone, uh, that number is now above 60% and, and rapidly growing. And, you know, there's no reason that I would believe that Starbucks can't approach 100% over time. So that's the first thing. What percentage of your customers do you know and can you reach through digital channels? Because then you can send the right email, the right SMS, the right push notification, even the right digital ad uh, on Instagram. All of that requires knowing those customers. Um, and then the second thing is, are you running marketing that's actually changing behavior? One of the very dangerous things um, that, that we see people fall into with a loyalty program as they set it up and then they just let it run. They're giving out hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in discounts over the lifetime of the program per store. And they don't know whether it's changing anyone's behavior. That's a massive problem because that's very expensive. Uh, and so ultimately we encourage brands and we do this by making it really easy we encourage brands to iterate, to test various marketing hypotheses and only keep running the things that are shown to actually drive a change in consumer behavior. Everything else is expensive. It's okay to experiment with it. That's the only way you learn. But if it's not working, you got to shut it off. Right. Uh, and too often we see marketing teams that they spend 100% of effort just sending out messaging, just keeping... Uh, the emails flowing. But when most of those emails don't actually do anything, you're wasting a lot of energy and you're actually harming your brand because consumers aren't responding because the message isn't relevant to them. Right. So on that level, um, you know, what is it that guests want from this relationship? Um, and has the pandemic kind of uh, changed their needs and desires? At the end of the day, guests just want to feel special. Um, and 
there are ways to do that. You know, a, a, a white tablecloth restaurant makes guests feel special by uh, recognizing them by face and touching the table and saying hi. Um, not every restaurant can do that at scale. Uh, and so how do you make guests feel special? Well, uh, Chipotle makes guests feel special um, in their in their app and digital experiences by allowing them to order something on the app that they can't order uh, in store. That's a quesadilla. Thanks has just rolled out first in, in the industry uh, secret menus that any restaurant can create LTOs that are limited just to a certain tier of customers. So perhaps your platinum biggest spenders get access. Imagine if McDonald's gave year-round access to the McRib, but only for their top 10,000 customers nationwide. That's the type of special thing that for your elite customers really uh, changes their behavior. Um, we, we have uh, tools that we call access passes that allow brands to create skip the line experiences or free swag or the ability to be invited to VIP event. Uh, all of these are things that depending on the brand could resonate a lot more and by the way, be cheaper than here's another $5 off. And that's really where we've taken loyalty and pushed the envelope in a way that just doesn't, isn't possible with, with what we would consider the legacy loyalty players. What consumers are looking for is uh, amid a sea of lots of options, a reason to go back to the same place that they know will give them a good experience. And that reason is, what's you? how do you know me? Uh, how can you deliver me an experience that makes me feel special? If I'm a VIP, I love walking around with a hat that shows off the restaurant that I go to all the time. Uh, it, you know, if I'm... Um, uh, willing to increase my frequency. I love the fact that I'd be rewarded uh, with guacamole that just gets automatically added for free. Um, you know, the list goes on and on of things depending on the brand, but make customers feel special. They will come more often and they will stick with you longer. They will be more resilient to price increases. The list goes on and on. That's what true loyalty is about, not uh, just blanket discounting. And, you know, how important is creating this kind of program when we're in an environment right now where we're dealing with staffing shortages and supply chain issues, you know, to have these kind of uh, things that aren't reliant on that, um, you know, important for the brand to, to grow. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you about a couple innovations we've done, but we see loyalty as deeply integrated to your digital ordering experience. Um, and why is that? Because just like if you know uh, about someone's dining preferences, you can send them a more targeted email. If you know about someone's dining preferences, you can actually make their digital ordering experience easier and more relevant to them. Front and center in the apps we build and the web ordering experiences that we build are one-click reordering um, so that you, we understand what you're likely to order at that moment. And if you want to reorder it, it's a single click. To do that, you got to know who that person is because that's an inherently personalized experience. Um, similarly, you talk about staffing challenges. Um, bringing digital into the restaurant is one great way to, to solve some staffing challenges. And so we've seen some of our brands roll out uh, table side ordering where instead of kiosks or tablets or whatever, 
you give the customer the opportunity, walk in, skip the register, sit down at the table, pull up their own phone and order whatever they want. Uh, and there's a table number and that food is brought out to them. And now you've eliminated the queue. You've eliminated the backlog at the, at the front of house. You frankly eliminated the training, which it's one thing to, to not be able to make the hires. Uh, and that is a problem industry wide. But there's a second problem that people don't talk as much about, which is the constant turnover makes training very expensive when you constantly have new people. Uh, avoiding that and moving it to digital channels uh, really simplifies some of the operational complexities uh, of restaurants. In fact, we're seeing a pretty major trend, I'd say, right now. A lot of loyalty programs are making it so that uh, when you earn some sort of reward, let's let's say the uh, the the free guac at Chipotle, it's actually only redeemable through digital experiences, and they're doing that because they don't want to that that hassle of you know I have to tell my server or I have to tell someone at the register I have to show them that I've earned a reward. All of that is friction that requires training and effort. Consumers don't like the friction. Staff members don't like the friction. When you move it to digital channels, you eliminate all of that friction and you get uh, a much better speed of service and consistency. What about on the supply chain side? I would think that, you know, being being able to kind of compose what these LTOs are could work in a, in a brand's benefit. For sure. Um, we actually, I, I, I won't name names on this one, but we have actually seen um, some brands that have explored using um, uh, the, the lifetime of inventory as a determinant of when they should start offering um, LTOs and special offers to VIPs. Uh, and so now you're taking what you know to be uh, a week or two out uh, wasted inventory, and instead you are amping up the sales of it as a special thing only available to your VIPs and you make them feel special. Um, that type of thing um, is a really strategic way to, it's, it's more than just driving the lifetime value of your customer, it's running a data-driven operation um, through and through. I think similarly, we see sophisticated brands that are in their own data and they're analyzing um, you know, the product mix uh, of certain things just with their VIPs and they're saying, what are some things that our VIPs, our biggest spenders, disproportionately order? Or the alternative, rarely, rarely order. Because why are we keeping something? It, it, may, it may product mix quite well across the entirety of your customers. But if your VIPs that are driving 50 plus percent of revenue don't care about it, maybe it's not critical. Uh, those are the types of insights that... Um, Restaurants are using data to improve operations, not just lifetime value. And that starts with, with a loyalty program. But those are obviously, um, those are more sophisticated and come after, in my opinion, the basics of is your marketing personalized and is your marketing driving incremental revenue? That's got to be the first question for any loyalty program. And, and you're talking about the marketing, marketing being personalized. Um, you know, that leads me to think about authenticity. So how do these marketing people, how do they use the data to know what's authentic to the brand so that they can then personalize those offers for the guest? Yeah, at the core of, of uh, our platform, thanks, is uh, automated segmentation. And so identifying groups of customers 
who look and act alike. And I mentioned some examples before, um, but the list could go on and on. There are the monthly customer is very different from the quarterly customer, who's very different from the weekly customer. Within each of those groups, there are very big differences between the person who orders a salad every single time and the person who literally orders a different item every single time. One is seeking variety. One is seeking, seeking healthy consistency. There is a big difference between the person who's clearly ordering for themselves and the one who is clearly bringing uh, kids. Knowing those things and personalizing the message you send to that customer uh, really matters. And one of the tools we have is what we call challenges, which is to identify a segment of customers and what goal you have to change their behavior. So how do you move a monthly customer to a weekly customer? Maybe you give them uh, an, an incentive to come three weeks in a row. And you're then betting that your food will ultimately hook them to keep coming. You don't want to just give incentives. But can I convince you to change your behavior to come three weeks in a row? And if you do, I'll give you a limited edition hat. I'll give you uh, a skip the line pass. Uh, I will, uh, you know, ensure that, uh, that, that that is a unique experience for you. And then measure, does that customer, what percentage of those customers stay weekly after that? That's how really good marketers are starting to use data because it's all about uh, lifetime value and, and understanding what is the customer acquisition cost in order to change that customer's behavior. So many people say that the pandemic kind of really fast forwarded the uh, adoption of technology by restaurants where they were kind of in the back before and now they're really seeing the advantages and the benefits of technology. So what's next? What are the what are some of the new things that that you see that you think will be important and that restaurants need to know about in regards to technology? So first and foremost, I, I believe restaurants, uh, all successful restaurants will start seeing that percentage of known and reachable customers approaching 100%. And they'll do it through two ways. Uh, first, they will do it by really pushing digital ordering in every, um, in, in every way. So for pickup, for delivery, uh, in restaurant, all that has to go through first party channels because inherently, if your revenue is leaking to third parties, you'll never get close to 100% because you don't know those customers. Um, part of that starts with uh, a change that I think is critical that the industry makes. Um, DoorDash does not have guest checkout. Amazon does not have guest checkout. Uber does not have guest checkout. Restaurants are, are shooting themselves in the foot when it comes to data capture by allowing guests to go through digital experiences anonymously. Um, so that's one huge step forward. The other is using loyalty programs that wean restaurants off discounts and to more access exclusivity and status, which is really our focus at Thanks, so that you can capture more and more data in restaurants. The answer then to your question becomes, so what's holding it back now is that many restaurant loyalty programs are on legacy technology and they're no more than 15, 20% penetration. Really hard to fundamentally change your business when you're at that type of number. We're going to see that change and our customers are flying by that number right now because of the things that we do differently, which opens up the next era. If 
if the last period of innovation in restaurants was about everyone adopting digital ordering, uh, and frankly, the growth of that digital ordering is what led to some major restaurant technology uh, IPOs, uh, Toast, Olo, et cetera. The next wave is about you capturing and utilizing data to, to drive changes in behavior. This is what we've seen in other industries. We've seen this in e-commerce. We've seen this in hospitality. Um, and there are other ways to capture data. I'm, I'm pretty excited about um, uh, you know, voice communication. A large number of orders still come in over the phone for a lot of restaurants. That too could be digitized by using AI and voice communication, which can massively increase your data capture. Um, so I think that is a, is a very exciting uh, mechanism. I think eliminating some of the historical friction at restaurants, uh, whether it's pay at the table or otherwise, all of those are very efficient ways to take time out of the general restaurant experience, but also increase the convenience for the consumer of identifying themselves and participating in a loyalty program or, or otherwise. That's really important. It, it has benefits to the consumer and to the restaurant in a way that's, that's quite critical. So I think we'll see more and more um, uh, uh, of that, that form of convenience technology. Um, and then the other trend uh, that's, that's quite obvious is restaurants figuring out how to live with third party. I think what we're going to see is completely different footprints from restaurants. We're already obviously seeing it. There's a lot of news about Taco Bell's uh, four-lane uh, vertical drive-through. Uh, we're already seeing changed footprints. Uh, either they're smaller and they're planning for a lot of pickup and delivery, or they're larger to accommodate more drive-through. One of the big changes I expect is a, is a variety of innovations around drive-through. Um, instead of waiting in line and ordering through the box, we will we will start seeing restaurants soon that use the parking lot. You go park in the parking lot, order, and they'll notify you when your food's ready. And the the uh, the trip through the drive-through lane is incredibly efficient because uh, you were not waiting in line. It helps with throughput. It helps with order processing. It helps with a number of elements uh, that restaurants have struggled with when it comes to drive-throughs. Um, that's a big area of innovation because drive-through is the original off-premise and it, it is not going away as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, we're we're in a weird place in the restaurant industry right now where it feels like we're hopefully post-pandemic um, and we're still kind of dealing with a, a lot of issues um, so what, what do you see are the key challenges that the restaurant industry is facing right now? The, the number one challenge, uh, that this industry has always faced is, is the length of the outlook. How far forward are you planning for your success? The leaders in the category, um, you know, look at Domino's. Domino's had, had pioneered being a delivery and a technology company well ahead of anyone else. And their stock price uh, benefited greatly. Uh, when you look at other outperforming stock prices, Wingstop has greatly outperformed the restaurant industry. They have had a sophisticated first party uh, pickup and delivery mechanism for years. Uh, and so those that thought more than a couple months or even a year ahead in their business and made those investments have seen massive returns uh, as they've taken share from other players. But most restaurants 
have a big challenge of the operational uh, pain of running a restaurant generally wins over long-term strategic thinking. That's got to change because the leaders uh, have have flipped the game. When when you're seeing restaurants that are actually running full-scale technology investment arms, Chipotle announced one. Uh, Danny Meyer at Union Square Hospitality has had one for years. Um, clearly, tech is just as critical to the success of a future restaurant as delivering great differentiated food. Uh, and I think that's challenging because tech is can be expensive and tech can take time to pay back, but it's no longer uh, nice to have. Uh, and so one of the things that restaurants have to figure out how to do is how to pay for that tech uh, and how to ensure that they're getting the right technology um, which does put new pressure on the business. It's yet another cost on a low margin business. With it, you can actually rapidly grow your business and that cost becomes a no brainer. You can easily out, uh, outperform and pay for it with incremental revenue. And without it, you're at the risk of being leapfrogged by others. And so uh, we're gonna see brands get better at how to buy, implement and get value out of technology out of necessity. Um, and I'm already seeing a big change from um, um, fear of tech, only buying it when I absolutely have to. That was five years ago. Uh, now brands are leaning into what can this do for my business? And they're no longer just looking for what's the cheapest way I can fill this hole. They're now looking for what's the best way that I can actually grow my revenue. And that's the correct way to think about it. So what's your long-term outlook for things? I think we're in the right place at the right time, honestly. Um, and you know, that's taken some time to get there. We, we are um, both uh, well-established in the restaurant industry, having now been operating for many years, and we're kind of the new innovators. Uh, when you look at the solutions that we often are replacing um, or going after, uh, you know, a punch or a Patronics, these are brands that have been around for far longer than us, actually. Um, we're bringing a very new approach to understanding what loyalty means. And I think we're doing it right as the industry is uh, is capturing data. Um, so we're, we're investing right now in drastically broadening our partnerships um, so that we have uh, the ability to serve more and more customers and have um, more and more integration across the rest of the restaurant technology stack, whether that's feed, feedback and sentiment or payments or reservations and wait lists. The list goes on and on. Um, and uh, that's very exciting to me. Um, we've done, uh, earlier this year, we did our first acquisition, uh, a company called Zero Storefront. Uh, and we are um, uh, excited to bring that team and product um, into the business. And we're um, open to doing, doing more. Um, I think there is an opportunity ultimately in the restaurant space for technology to consolidate and to be fewer partners delivering more value. Um, and so we're looking at that and we're, we're, we're excited to be the single solution that any restaurant needs to capture data about their customers and deliver personalized communication across every single channel to those guests. Perfect. Thank you so much.